Welcome to College Football Live, presented by Nationwide. Is that the Denny Chimes I hear? Well, that was an elephant. <laughs> what else would it be here in Tuscaloosa as we are getting you set for a very big matchup between LSU and Alabama tomorrow right here in T-Town? This game is very personal for us. That's the messaging that you have heard from Alabama players this week as they get set to take on LSU. Could it be, gentlemen, because of what happened last year with LSU when Alabama was essentially knocked out of the college football playoff conversation? And, oh, by the way, that could be the case again this year. Who can say? Alongside Desmond <laughs> Howard and Stanford Steve, he's Pete Thamel. I'm Jen Latta. A big show for you today, guys. Let's get started with the biggest storylines that y'all have on your mind. Steve, I'll start with you. What should we look forward to week 10 of the college football season? We got plenty of time to talk about the game here, right? We got to go out west for exactly. a little bit. We got Caleb Williams and yeah. the Trojans. Yeah. I'm calling it Caleb's last stand. <laughs> this, this, this is the way it looks. I like that. I mean, the road they have against them, what the has already happened to them, and then you look at who's coming in. The new shining star of the Pac-12, Michael Penix Jr., who has struggled the last two weeks, six turnovers, the last two games after that big win against Oregon, and now he gets Caleb. I look for a big spot with Caleb Williams here. You Caleb last stand? Yep. This may be Bedlam last stand because there's no scheduled games in the foreseeable future between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Why? Because Oklahoma's joining the SEC. But check out this. This game is going to be great, guys. Mm -hmm. You're looking at Oklahoma State team. Two losses, but only one in the conference, yep. right? And then Oklahoma a week ago dropped the game to Kansas. I want to see if they can bounce back in Bedlam in Stillwater. It's going to be a great matchup. I can't wait. Sleepy old Missouri rolls in in the teens in the first college football playoff. <laughs> they have given Georgia during this indomitable run of back-to-back -back national titles perhaps the biggest regular season threat that the Bulldogs have seen. Last year in Columbia, if they are going to stretch this game to the fourth quarter in Athens, it's going to be with the stretch run play. Missouri averaged 4.9 yards a carry last year in that game against Georgia's bullying defense. If Cody Schrader and Missouri can control the game on the ground, keep that dynamic Georgia passing attack off the field, we could have a chance at an upset. No Brock Bowers in that game, but we did talk about how Dom Lovett transferred from Missouri to Georgia. Mm. He could see some production in that game. As for the story that I am watching today, let's take a look at today's road test presented by Goodyear. The LSU Tigers, guys, you cannot talk about this team without talking about the offense and what a juggernaut it has been this season, leading the FBS in both points per game and yards per game. I know they <laughs> don't want to hear about it. We have to give you the facts on this one. They will be traveling to Alabama to take on a very capable Crimson Tide team that ranks in the top three in the SEC in both of those categories. So, Des, when you look at the big game this weekend that these yeah. fans are obviously very excited for, yeah. what is the storyline we should be paying attention to? There's so many games within the game. In Alabama and LSU, right? You look at this offense, that defense, but LSU's offense, especially with quarterback Jaden Daniels. I mean, this kid is on fire. He's one of the best dual-threat quarterbacks in all of college football. I was at Alabama's practice yesterday, and I spoke to a couple of coaches, and they said, listen, Jaden Daniels is a problem. He's a legitimate dual-threat quarterback. Even when he breaks contain, that's when he's most dangerous. And he has those two wideouts right there, Neighbors and Thomas, two of the best from White House in all the college football. So when LSU is on offense, going up against Alabama's de defense, especially Alabama's secondary, that's going to be the game within the game. Another way to take away Jaden Daniels is to play keep away with the football. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and I look at Tommy Reese, 
other past game plans that he's had. I go back to last year. Notre Dame upsets Clemson. How'd they do that? They possess the ball. Yeah. And when you look at the matchup Alabama has with that advantage of the offensive line and a depleted LSU defense on the front line, no Wingo on the back end, no Alexander at corner. They've run through a bunch of different corners. I think Alabama has the ability to play keep away from Jaden Daniels in that offense. And I expect them to dominate time of possession, therefore leading to a win. You mentioned the defense, Steve. Will Harold Perkins bust out? We obviously remember that four-sack game he had against Arkansas last season. Opposing coaches have been a little bit baffled that they moved him around a lot this year and not let him and his electric skill, speed, and diamondism be on the edge and just tee off. With Wingo out up front, will we see Mason Smith finally have a dominant game? Going into this season, he was supposed to be a top 10 pick, one of the best interior defensive linemen in the country. He was suspended from FSU, and he's never really gotten it going. Will we see one of those two guys emerge for LSU on Saturday? You know, in order to control time of possession, you do have to run the ball. Alabama has not run the ball lately as well as they have in the past, and that offensive line, guys, is giving up sacks by the handful 35 sacks this season. Got to get that cleaned up in order to have a good game against LSU. Let's take a look at the Heisman update. That is brought to you by Nissan. Jaden Daniels, who Dez just mentioned, been making a case for himself in the Heisman conversation through the first eight games. He ranks top two in FBS in total QBR, touchdowns responsible for, and total yards per game. In fact, guys, his numbers look eerily similar to another quarterback that wore the purple and yellow there back in 2019, Joe Burrow. Plenty more big games coming up this week, guys. Let's get into some of those as well. The biggest games that we need to talk about, guys, let's begin with the Colorado play callers, Pete. Well, Colorado's lost four of five, Jen. They're going to be underdogs in their final four games, and they've hit their moment of on-field adversity in Coach Prime's first year. They have elevated Pat Shermer, who is an analyst, to become the play caller this week. That means a demotion for Sean Lewis, the former Kent coach, who left a head coaching job to go to Colorado. It's obviously Lewis's offense, that spread wide system with a lot of tempo. It'll be interesting to see that offense with a new play caller on Saturday. With Clemson, there's a huge injury storyline to be following going into this game. Will Shipley, the star running back and really the most dynamic player on an offense that doesn't have a lot of dynamic players, suffered a concussion last week. He's been in protocol this week, and I'm told he's questionable for this game. There is a path back for him to play. We likely won't know until tomorrow morning what Will Shipley status is, but they need him against the Irish. The latest in the Michigan investigation started last night at his radio show. Purdue coach Ryan Walters said the quiet part the coach has been saying out loud. He detailed how Michigan's alleged sign-stealing operation truly impacted Purdue. Basically said they had to learn a different language this week to change their signals going into that game. As for steps forward and potential punishment for Michigan, there's three things to watch. One, President Santa Ono met with Tony Petiti today in Ann Arbor. Uh, the second one will be the Big Ten presidents who are expected to meet in upcoming days. And then the third will be Tony Petiti potentially meeting again with the NCA. A very important point here, Jen, is that Tony Petiti told the ADs last night he has engaged with the NCA, which is the start of gathering a fact set, which would potentially allow him under Big Ten laws or Big Ten rules, I should say. They don't really have laws. It, it, to, to potentially punish Jim Harbaugh or Michigan in real time and not wait for the NCAA investigation to end. This is a story that is not going away. Pete, you have done exceptional work on it. But it is interesting to see how he handles all of the rumbling from all of the teams on one side and Michigan on the other. That will be very telling about the Big Ten going forward. We've got a lot more coming up here on College Football Live from Tuscaloosa. 
including where Michigan landed in the college football playoff rankings, why Desmond thinks they deserve to be higher, and how that top six shaped up in the first rankings of the season. Plus, lots of ranked versus ranked matchup this week. We have big implications in some of those games for the final quarter of the season. Which games are the guys most pumped up to watch? All that and more coming up on College Football Live. This Heisman Update is brought to you by Nissan, premier partner of the Heisman Trophy. College Football Live is presented by Nationwide. Nationwide is on your side. Both these teams have big aspirations of what they can accomplish. Nick Saban will be on set with us tomorrow morning here on College Game Day. Lane Kiffin coming to us live from the field as well. You won't want to miss it. It starts at 9 a.m. Eastern. Let's take a look at those ranked matchups that we talked about a few moments ago. Let's start off with the Texas-Kansas State matchup. And if recent history is any indicator, this game is going to be close. Six of the last seven games in this series were decided by seven points or fewer. In the SEC, we have Missouri going on the road to take on Georgia. We talked about that a little bit. The Tigers have a tough task ahead since Georgia is, of course, riding a 25-game win streak including starting this season 8-0. and oh. We also have the Bedlam series between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. A lot of history between these two. They've matched up for 114 straight years. That's the second longest uninterrupted series in FBS history. Then over on the West Coast, number 20 USC hosting fifth-ranked Washington. The Huskies enter this game on a 15-game win streak, second longest in FBS, only trailing Georgia. And last but not least, the big game here, LSU Alabama, the Crimson Tide can wrap up the SEC West title on Saturday with a victory over the Tigers and an Ole Miss loss. So plenty of stuff for us to talk about in those games and beyond. Des, I'll start with you. The game you're most excited to watch this weekend is... Washington versus USC. I know you guys hit on it earlier in the show, but I think, you know, we were out there in Seattle. We saw Oregon versus Washington. It was an instant classic. But since that game, I don't think we've seen the best version of the Huskies. Like, they followed that up with a home game against Arizona State that they won 15 to 7. Sound like a baseball score. <laughs> and then they went on the road and got into a dogfight against Stanford, winning that game 42 to 33. Surprised that their defense really gave up that many points, and now they get to play Caleb Williams and the Trojans, who are still, you know, they had back-to-back losses one a week ago, but they're still trying to figure out who they are this late in the season. So I think it's a, a really good matchup with two teams that's really trying to gain some sort of prominence. Sidebar, that baseball game, that was a bullpen day, I assume. 15 to 7. I'd like one of those games. I'll take one of those games. Steve, what about you? Obviously, besides here, I look at Bedlam. Jez touched on it last week. So much emotion, it being in Stillwater. Little brothers at home and the rivalry. (laughs) It's funny, the last time Oklahoma State won, Caleb Williams was the quarterback of Oklahoma. Wow. And now you look at what's at stake. I mean, look at that. I I wish Oklahoma State would come out and wear those uniforms. Exactly. The old Barry OSU on the helmet. Gundy at quarterback. That's what we need. This has all the makings, though, guys. And the one thing I worry about is Oklahoma State's defense. As good as Ali Parker's been yeah. with over 250 yards the last two games, their defense still has problems, and I wonder how an upset Oklahoma offense is going to do 
in Stillwater. I don't think you can statistically quantify the hate in the air that will be in Stillwater <laughs> yeah. tomorrow. Those don't even try. never liked each other, True. and now they're divorcing, which is only going to make it worse. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be looking at the quarterbacks in Kansas State, Texas. Now, we know Malik Murphy's obviously starting for Texas, yep. but I'm really curious how much we'll see Avery Johnson for Kansas State. Will Howard completed 15 of 17 passes against Houston. You couldn't have played any better, but boy, is, is Avery Johnson a tantalizing talent. Look at him here, run around the end, that mullet flowing in the back. I don't know what his 40 time is, but he has a burst that looks like it's a 4-3. He's a special talent, and remember how the quarterback run game has been a weakness. We saw Oklahoma use it effectively Ooh. against Texas in part, and boy, does Avery Johnson have a nice burst. And if those games don't do it for you guys, there are 12 total matchups between Power 5 winning record teams and winning record teams, so plenty to go around this weekend. Let's get to you, Steve, for Cough It Up. Yeah, we've got some time for some picks here. Let's try yes, and get sir. after it. We've touched on it plenty in this show. It's Caleb's last stand at yep. USC. They're a home dog against Washington. And when I look at that matchup, same thing I like Cal against USC last year, last week. I thought they could score with them. Give me Lincoln Riley in any type of shootout, high-scoring game. They're detailed to their offense. They know what's at stake. They have zero room to work with. I really expect a phenomenal effort from USC's offense to carry them as if, if this is a high-scoring game. On the other side, we got another. Another last thing, Stan, it's been a long week in Clemson. It started with the loss to NC State. You saw uh, Shipley go out with the injury. We heard Dabo's radio show. Now, what is the scene going to be like for a noon kick with Notre Dame coming in and favored Notre Dame? I think Clemson has enough in the, in the matchup. I like the defensive personnel. I'll take Clemson plus the points in that one. And then another one we have is Penn State in a sneaky spot. We saw how they looked off of that loss against Ohio State last week against Indiana. Yep. Now they got to go to Maryland, but they'll get a boost because this is a Penn State home game whenever they go to Maryland. <laughs> it's, a, it's a problem, and it, it continue to be. I just think Penn State has a matchup advantage of every asset except maybe quarterback, but that defensive personnel on the road, they'll play well. They'll take care of business as they get ready for Michigan next week. We're going to see some of those games on the fridge tomorrow morning? Possibly. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know if those teams want their symbol on the field. Oh, you're, you're not the jinx you think you are. Coming up on College Football Live, guys, the first edition of the College Football Rankings came out earlier this week. Do the guys agree with Ohio State at number one, or do they want to think, see things get switched up next week? We discuss right after this. You're watching College Football Live, presented by nationwide college football live is presented by nationwide nationwide is on your side You know the first Bedlam football game was played in 1904, and tomorrow on ABC we could be watching the final meeting between these two squads. Number nine, Oklahoma, taking on number 22, Oklahoma State, in Stillwater. That's at 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central. Then Michael Penix Jr. and number five, Washington, squaring off against Caleb Williams and number 20, USC. Coverage begins at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. Right now, however, our SEC Nation crew kicks off our coverage from Oxford as they prepare for Texas A&M at Ole Miss. Here's Tim Tebow and Roman Harper. Thank you, Jen. And right there, you see Vault Hemingway Stadium. It's a little quiet over there right now, but tomorrow it will not be. It's going to be rocking in there right now. Roman Harper here, joined by my man Tim Tebow. We're over here in the Grove. Tim, 
What are you thinking about this game tomorrow, Texas A&M at Ole Miss? Well, I think the first thing is that these fans need to show up early because they're not used to getting up that early. All right? They like the late games. But what's important for this team is to show up early, especially with their running game against this front seven for A&M that's one of the best in the country. But with Quinchon Judkins, with Bentley, with Jackson Dart, also his legs, this three-headed monster in the running game has to come up big early so that they can then in the second half have the big play down the field, which we know that Lane Kiffin loves. Being able to set up that double move down the field, that's something that we need to keep an eye on because this A&M team, they're such a good defense, but in the big games, they've given up the big play. Yes, but and then on the other side of it, the East, the battle for the East, Missouri. Come on. At Georgia in Athens. I'm really looking forward to this. Another opportunity for Carson Beck to show that he is still one of the top quarterbacks in the SEC in his first year. Missouri on the other side of it. Will they be able to continue to keep this party rolling? I know. A great opportunity for them. Looking forward to it. All day long, full of SEC football. That's right. Big games everywhere. Kelsey Riggs, toss to you. Take it away. Roman, thanks so much. A little history on the line here in Raleigh tomorrow night as Dave Doran could become the winningest coach in program history if his team can handle business and prime time against a Miami team that has won two straight. As we say hello from Raleigh, North Carolina, alongside E.J. Manuel, the Hall of Famer, Coach Mark Richt. I'm Kelsey Ricks. Great to be with you. This is going to be a great game. But, Coach, so is Louisville, Virginia Tech. It's a high-stakes matchup for sure. Right. When the season began, everybody thought number one and number two is going to be Florida State Clemson. Florida State is number one, but number two is not Clemson. So you got these two teams. Who would have thought Louisville and Virginia Tech would be battling for the second spot this deep into the season? Both coaches have done an unbelievable job, and it's going to be an exciting matchup. Yeah, and most not, may not see this Clemson game as a big matchup, but they host Notre Dame in their house. Uh, you look at Notre Dame's pass defense, they're one of the best in the country. They're third in interceptions in the country at 13. So I think if, court, if the quarterback, Kate Klubnick, doesn't turn it over, Clemson will certainly have a chance to win that game, too. That's going to be a noon game on ABC. We'll see what Clemson has in store. Maybe they'll bring that Tyler from Spartanburg Energy. Jen, we'll send it back to you. (laughs) Kelsey, appreciate that. It is time to get into the initial college football playoff rankings. The committee has Ohio State at number one, followed by Georgia and Michigan. But Michigan and Georgia have a chance to boost their resumes, guys. According to ESPN Analytics, the Bulldogs and the Wolverines remain remaining schedules rather are top six in toughest remaining schedules in all of FBS. Of course, Ohio State has those wins over those ranked opponents in Penn State and in Notre Dame. Your reaction to those rankings, Des? Yeah, well, um, I thought that going into the rankings that the most impressive teams were Georgia and Michigan, just when you look at them on, on, on film. And I know they didn't play the stellar competition maybe like Ohio State did, but when you talk about the eye test, they've just been two of the most complete teams all season, but I get it. Ohio State's resume, going on the road, we were there, they beat Notre Dame, then they beat Penn State at home, we were there too. And then last week, beating uh, Wisconsin up there in Madison, that's a quality win. Uh, We hope, we'll see. We don't know about Wisconsin's, (laughs) the rest of the way, we'll see what Wisconsin looks like. Lost both of their running backs and their quarterback, so we'll see. But I get it, strength of record, but if you do the eye test, then you would not say, okay, this is the best team in America. You may even look at one loss Oregon because they've been on fire lately. I'm just happy that the undefeated teams are all ahead of the one loss teams right now. 
And Reese Davis loves to say, if you're not good enough, a loss will find you. 100%. Those teams already found a loss. And there's time. You know, you touched yeah, on yeah. Georgia and Michigan. Their strength of schedule is only going to get tougher. Absolutely. So the way they have it configured right now, I'd like to see Florida State a little bit higher, knowing that they did look at Ohio State's resume. But the way it sets up, I, I, I'm really happy with the way they put the undefeated teams on top right now. Steve, I know you like to dabble in horse racing a little bit. <laughs> Think of this CFP race as a horse race. Uh -huh. Right now, I like where Oregon is. They're sitting there in the stock position. We're at the three-quarter pole, and they're picking up speed, and they're yeah. picking up speed. They're sitting there at six. Wouldn't we all love to see the Oregon-Washington rematch of that classic game Desmond mentioned 100%. earlier? But wouldn't we really like to see an Oregon-Georgia rematch they, Dan Lanning starts his career in Atlanta, mm -hmm. yeah. and they get blown out of the building, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now here we are, two full years later. Yep. Can Oregon go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the Bulldogs? I wouldn't put it past them. That's a good question, especially without Brock Bowers. He may be back by then. He may not be back, but we know one thing. Oregon can score. You got Oregon as best one-loss team? Um, you know what? I would say, yeah, but this team, no one's talking about. Uh, that's what I, was, yeah. I was trying to. These guys on this team? I'm they trying to against the Bayou Bengals and have their distance. Because now if they get this win, that's an equal win that Florida State's best win. Yes, so sir. now you start talking exactly. and anything can happen. But the way it is set up right there, yeah. everybody has so I'm much more. You. The way these schedules are backloaded with everybody, there is plenty to like and look forward to. I'm just Absolutely. mad that you didn't do that whole thing in like a horse racing thing. And coming around the I'm still a drink guy, Jen, all right? <laughs> Let's get to some video that we saw on the football field oh, that you've got to take a look at. Yes, of course, we're showing thing. this. I agree this? it's a disgusting thing, but did you see the possum what at happened? the TCU-Texas oh, Tech yeah, game yeah, running yeah. around the field? That is, is Now, you could do your horse racing for him. Look at that. They came and snatched him up. My sources told me that Connor Stallion did not send him there. Oh, now that would be good. Around the possum, see if he can pick up some signals. Big game thing. here this weekend. College game starts at 9 a.m. Eastern. We will see y'all there. Gross.